Nice to see everyone here this morning. It's a blessing to get to worship the church family here at Peak again. It's been an unusual privilege to be here two Sundays in a row, and I really enjoy that. I want to greet you in Jesus' name, the one that said to the tempter, But he answered and said to him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And you know, Jesus knew what it took to have victory. And he's always our good example. And it's a privilege we have to know how Jesus lived. But he said, Man will not live by bread alone. And man still likes bread today. And most men, most people eat bread, I mean, at least twice, if not three times. And some people just graze all day. And it's amazing. And yet, he said, that's not even really what's important. The most important is what proceeds from the mouth of God. And so the message here this morning is just help us. And I know we have, and I don't even question that we as Christians have a deep appreciation for the word of God. But it's help us to understand the real blessing we have to having this word of God in our hands. I read a clipping about the Bible. And listen closely. It does say a, a, a lot of good truths in here. It says the Bible is the only book that reveals the mind of God. The state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts binding, its histories true, and its decisions immutable. It contains, it contains light to direct, spiritual food to sustain, and comfort to cheer. Man should read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. He should read it. it he should read it that it might fill his memory, rule his heart, and guide his feet in righteousness and true holiness. He should read it slowly, prayerfully, meditatively, searchingly devotionally, and study it constantly and industriously, like these adjectives. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and will be remembered forever. It involves the greatest responsibility, it rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all that trifle with its sacred contents. Now, you could say a few more things, but that was fairly exhaustive. But you said, we, I'm not going to go over that, but it is interesting what all it says. It's the mind of God, and it is a tremendous blessing we have to have the Bible in our hands. I'd like to start by reading 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 to 17. 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 to 17. And you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom, excuse me, knowing and been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now here, 
Paul was saying to Timothy, you know, you know the scripture from a little child. And you know, a lot of us can identify with that. You've been born and raised in a Christian home. What a blessing. And if you have not been born and raised in a Christian home and you have a Bible, you still have a big blessing. You can read it and grow thereby. But it is an added blessing to be from a Christian home and be able where there was uh, hopefully family, the, the family altar where you heard the word of God and you was taught it. And so he says, you remember that. You, you continue in those things. But he said, in case you don't really get the drift of what this book is all about, and you don't understand how it, it is written. He says, look, I want to let you know, and I'll read uh, verse 16 and 17 in another translation. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God is God-breathed. You know, it says it's the mind of God, and I've heard it said, and I like the thought when I heard it said, it is the voice of God to you. Now, you know, I know people like listening to Jesus. I think some of them, I know some people appreciate that, hearing the voice of Jesus. But friends, you do, you did not have, you do not have to be in Judea and Galilee and right beside Jesus to have the voice of Jesus in your life. In fact, and you know what, if you lived in Capernaum, you heard Jesus when he was at Capernaum. You get to hear him when everywhere he spoke. What a tremendous blessing. The voice of God and Jesus in our lives. And they're in our hands. We, we have it. What a tremendous blessing. But he said, now it's not just to read. It's supposed to work in your life. And as Christians it does. It's teaching us. In fact, have you ever thought about what you would know spiritually if you didn't have the Bible? Almost nothing. That's what you know. You'd be all, you'd know almost nothing spiritually. Okay, you can tell by nature that there's a God. Okay, but what would you know about God? You know that God is love. You know how you know that by reading the Bible. You know, you know how this morning we said how, how to love in the brother. You know how you know that by reading the Bible. You can hear the words of Paul. Inspired, all of it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it gives directives. We have the mind of Christ with this. So you know, you know, you know how that can happen by reading your Bible. There's no other way. Every spiritual truth that you know that's important is found in the Bible. What a blessing! What a blessing! You know, you know I'm kind of amazed. And how much reading other things becomes important sometimes. And really, the most important thing that you, a book that you can ever read is your Bible. No question, hands down. But then it says, okay, it teaches us. So we learn so much. You know, without Jesus, without the Bible, you wouldn't know how to be born again. You wouldn't know how to live righteously. You wouldn't know how much Jesus loves you. You, uh, you, you wouldn't, all the dilemmas, you wouldn't know how to respond when people act ugly to you. You wouldn't know how to respond. You find it in the Bible. Every dilemma you have is answered by your Bible. Every spiritual dilemma you have, there's principles that can guide you from the Word of God. I'm telling you, friends, we have a treasure. We have a treasure. It's such a blessing. Now it goes on to say, what does it say? It teaches us 
and it rebukes us. And it exhorts us. It's correcting us. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't say, look, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how to be born again. But you just try to figure it out yourself how to make it to heaven. Aren't you glad he didn't say that? No. He said, you know what? There's a way of holiness. There's a way of righteousness. And even more than that, I'll give you my spirit to walk within you and to guide you in all truth. You know how you know that? From the Bible. Praise God for the Bible. And you know what? It's amazing. So I can tell you, he said, you, can, you might be off the path, but you know what? My Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. It's going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're doing what's wrong now. You know how to repent. You know how to repent. You know how you learn how to repent? From the Bible. From the Bible. You know how to live righteously after you repent? From the Bible. Everything spiritually. Hmm. No wonder he says it, it, it rebukes, corrects us, it trains us in righteousness. That we can live a life glorifying Jesus. And we learn it all from the Bible. What a tremendous blessing we have. Well, in the Word, we see God's will revealed in the life of Jesus. And that's why the Word is just so wonderful. John 6, verse 38 says, I come down, I come down from heaven, this is Jesus speaking, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. When you read about Jesus, you're discovering and learning the will of God. Two verses later, John 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus come to give everyone, all mankind, everlasting life. What a tremendous blessing. So that we can look forward to the resurrection in heaven. He also said in John 6, verse 68, a number of verses a little later in the same chapter, it says, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Eternal life. The most important quality in living, God said, man said, Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. You know, sometimes I get intrigued by hearing other people speak. And some people actually are quite, uh, uh, they're interesting to hear them talk. Let me tell you, friends, when Jesus talks, it's not the same bracket. It's not the same bracket. He has the words of eternal life. Wow, what a tremendous blessing. The true value of the book is the wisdom and the authority of the author. Now, actually, spiritually, it should already be known, we are very unlearned and simple. Without the Bible, we're just as ignorant as can be, actually. And with the Bible, we can know a, good, a fair bit in what's important. See, spiritually, that's what's important. Earthly temple things are very unimportant in the eyes of Jesus. You see that? That's good to know that, isn't it? That's good to know that. That that he cares about spiritual things and us growing spiritually and serving him. So it's knowing the author say, God, you loved us so much. It's amazing. Jesus come to earth 
to live, to be an example for you and I as believers. And you wouldn't know how he lived ever without the Bible. And then he come to die for my sins and the sins of the whole world. That we can be born again. All from the Bible. All from the Bible. And so and he has so he has eternal life, he has the words of life, and he has wisdom, all wisdom. You won't be wise. Just read the book a lot more. Just read the book a lot more. Don't it didn't say Google. It said get in the Bible. Yeah. It doesn't say, you know, don't read all these other things. Don't read the manual how to put your lawnmower together. If you want to get wise, you read the Bible. Because you know the author. And you know when you know the author, the words come alive. <clears throat> A number of years ago, about 47 to be close to it, I had a girlfriend that went to West Virginia to teach Bible school. And I'll clear it up now. This girlfriend is my wife, okay? So we'll, you don't get suspicious here. And, uh, and, and she enjoyed writing letters. God bless her for that, because I sure don't. But she enjoyed writing letters, and so she'd write a letter uh, to her boyfriend. And I'll be honest, when I got a, uh, a letter in the mail, I never once was tempted to go sit over the shelf and say, I'm going to read that thing tomorrow. It just never was a temptation. You know what? I knew the author. And I loved the author. And so I would read it. And I enjoyed it. It was very pleasant to read. And then I would read it again. Because anything, when you really love the author, you don't just read it once and think you got it all. You know the next time it'll get better. And it did. And you know what it did? I'm not sure how many times I read it. But I know one thing, I read it again. And you know what I started doing? I started reading between the lines. And then it got a whole lot better. And I want to tell you, friends, you can do the same way with your Bible. You can read between the lines how much God loves you, how much he's going to help you, how much he's going to abide with you, how much he's glad to forgive you, and you can read between the lines all you want, and it'll help you be a good Christian. Amen? It absolutely will. Because you know the author. You love the author. It does volumes for a person to say, oh, that author, he's my savior. He's the Lord of my life. I love him with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. Makes a world of difference, friends, to know the author. What a blessing. We can know the author of the most important book that was ever written. You know the author. Well, it's also unique in what it can, what it can do for us. John 15, 3 says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So, it helps clean us up. Now, I don't know how you feel, but, you know, we want to be clean and pure and holy. Christians need to be. You'll read that in the book. That's important. And, you know, as you walk through this world, the dirt and dust of the world clings to you sometimes. I, I, I hope I'm the only one, but I don't think so. And, you know, it says, you know what? So, you know, and all of a sudden the world beckons. Different carnal appetites beckon. 
Things just rub off. And he says, now you are clean through the word. What a blessing. Psalms 119.9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man or young lady, person, cleanse his ways by taking heed unto according to thy word. And I praise God for that. The word shows us more than just how to serve Jesus faithfully. And it sure does that. How to be pleasing him, it also shows you what is sin, what is unholy, what is wrong, what is carnal, what is, uh, what is uh, carnal appetites. It don't spell it out now. Now, if you do this, but you know, it gives you a sense of what is holy and what defiles. It, it does a great job of that. And so the Bible is unique. And uh, it's different from any other book. You know, one can read it daily for decades. And hopefully you've done that. Why? Because therein you cannot reach and understand the depth of the Word of God. It's just it's beyond man. Now, <clears throat> you may have some authors you like. Uh, I, I personally... <clears throat> like Pablo Yoder's books. I just found them so interesting. And, and I don't know if you have or not, but I, when, he, when his book came out, I mean, I just wanted to get it because it was so interesting. I didn't even know the author. I just liked the book. You know? And it also, it was spiritually invigorating to me, okay? I'll just be honest. A book that doesn't do something for me spiritually can just sit on the shelf forever. Because, I, you know, who has enough time to read frivolous stuff that don't spiritually build you up you know, it takes away time for what's important, okay? I'll just put it that way. And so I, I loved his books. And I get some magazines, at least you used to, and I still do. Dairy Herd Health, I think. So dairy Herd Health. Is that what it calls it? I'm not sure. So, something like that. It takes about 10 to max 15 minutes a month to read it. Because you know what I do? Is, okay. <clears throat> it says about daring there. And you, know, you go and you read that article. It says, well, that's for some farmer out in Kalamazoo or something because it don't relate to me and then well plus you know then you read some things and you think well that's a waste of money and uh, and you just have all kinds of opinions about all kinds of articles every now and then you find one worth reading from front to back but that's you know it might relate to me that's the way you read a magazine right and it, it's easy uh, to do that because you kind of pick and choose what you like to read and what you don't read I was talking to a man not too long ago, and, and I was talking about his devotional life, and he said, well, you know, I just kind of just open the Bible where it falls open is where I read. I wonder what God thinks of that. You know, just, just at random, it don't matter, just flop it open and read the chapter here and there. Well, to say the truth about it, this man was struggling spiritually, and there was reasons why. Because he wasn't serious about his Bible reading, was one reason why, you know. And, and it made a lot of difference. I, I tell you, this book is totally different. Uh, I read that God has signed his name in the Old Testament over 3,800 times by statements such as, Thus saith the Lord, or God said, or the word of the Lord came unto me saying. <clears throat> he let us know it's his word. And it's authoritative. You don't, you don't ever need to read in the Bible, does this relate to me? Like, you know, I do a 
farming magazine, or you might do in your vocation, you know, you know, just, no, it always relates to you. It's food for the Christian. It's strength. No wonder it says in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There's no other truth. All truth that is critically important for your spiritual walk is found in this book. All truth that you need spiritually is found in the Bible. Now, you might read some commentaries and they might have some interesting twists and bring up some new thoughts, but you got to be careful. You got to be very careful. It's man's thinking. And it can be helpful. It can also lead you astray. It can be deceitful. The book has no deceit in it, it's all truth. And what a tremendous blessing that we can read it and, and, and be blessed by it. Yes, after knowing the author and what it can do for you, you know, then. It's such a privilege to have it in our hands. A number of years ago, a good number of years ago, I decided I'm going to read the Bible through differently. Now, and I'm going to, I'm going to read it and to just to meditate and to get nuggets from it. I hope that's why you always do it, okay? But you know, it's easy to kind of, well, read it and not come out with too many nuggets at the end of reading, okay? And... Uh, so I said, well, I'm going to try to do it meditatively. How many of y'all read the Bible through in one year? That's good. That's good. How many read it through last year in one year? Good. It's healthy. It, it's good. Um, because you need to read it through in one year. I'm not saying always, because that, for, actually, for some of us to read three chapters, I think they say in essence you've got to read three chapters a day from Monday to Friday and five on Saturday and Sunday is... Uh, it's how you read your Bible, can get through in, in one year. <clears throat> but I, I found out that year, I would, uh, I would read it and meditate on it. I used some Bible helps to try to learn more. I prayed, and I found out, you know what I did? I found out my devotions last about 45 minutes to an hour a day. Does that sound kind of long to you? Well, I started to think about that. Let's see. I think it's the same here as it is over in McDowell. The days are about 24 hours long. And if we would tithe our time reading the Bible, it would be about 2.4 hours. Well, that's extreme, so let's sleep eight hours, and then we're down to 16, so it's only 1.6 hours. I'll tell you, I want, I want to tell you, I, this is years ago. When I did that, it revolutionized my spiritual life. I want to tell you it did. Do you have an hour to spend time reading the Bible? I want to tell you, you do. I want to tell you, you do. Because you, got, you still have 15 other hours to do un, less important things. There's nothing more important that you will do today or tomorrow than reading your Bible and obeying it, okay? We read it to digest, ingest into our lives and then obey it. And it'll, it'll do something for you. And so... So I got a one-year Bible last year. Somebody was handing out one-year Bibles at one church. I'm going to read it. And that was great. I loved it. Have you ever seen anything like this? <laughs> kind of handy. And uh, actually, I'll just tell you what it is if you don't know. They have, a gen they have an Old Testament passage, about two to three chapters. And then in also the same day they have a New Testament passage. Because you know what? If you read the Bible through, if you read it from cover to cover, you... From front to back, you will get to uh, New Testament about October. 
That's a long time to stay out of the New Testament, I'll be honest. So I like actually getting some meat or some other passages and just Old Testament passages. Yeah. You know, you think, well, I can't digest that much. God knows you can't. But he knows you. if you read it meditatively, you'll get something from it. And there's something very helpful to, to get the broad spectrum picture and read three to five chapters a day or something. Just a tremendous blessing. And I'll tell you another thing. The more you read it, the more you'll catch, the more you'll get. That's the thing. You know, you know, I've heard people read it 50, 60 times. I know I haven't read it through that many times, but I read it through a bunch. And every time, I think I'm gaining just as much ground, if not more, this year than I did last year. That's amazing. It's the only book that you can do that, say that about. You know, as much as I love Paul Yoder's book, the second time, the only reason why I get anything from the second time is because I almost forgot everything I read the first time. Otherwise, it would just be kind of boring. But this book here, you, you can read it and you get the broad spectrum. You know, you want to learn forgiveness? You can read Genesis. That's where I'm at. <laughs> and you read about Joseph? Yeah, you can learn a lot about forgiveness. You know, if you want to lead what doesn't please God, read about his brothers. You know? And you know that doesn't please God to be ugly to your brothers. What do we see? Sometimes that happens, you know? Well, you get it by reading the Word of God. If you don't want to read the Bible, that's fine. Just spend a bunch of time reading it. Okay? You don't have to. I'm, I'm not here to say you've got to do it a certain way. But I'm saying it's interesting to notice. I hear people say, I love Jesus, but they don't spend time with his word. And I wonder what Jesus thinks. You know, you that are married, if you love your partner, and you went days without talking to them, they would know something's going south in our relationship. Jesus knows the same. You know, if you love your partner, you enjoy talking to them. Right? Yes, you do. Well, see, Jesus wants to talk to us. He loves you. And he wants to spend time in prayer. And I really believe a lot of our love is shown to God and Jesus by how much we read the Bible. How much we say, I care about you, Jesus. I want to do your will. What a blessing. What a tremendous blessing. David said when referring to uh, glass sword, there's none like it. Give it to me. You have a sword. And I hope you're saying, look, there's none like it. Give it to me. <laughs> wow, what a tremendous blessing we have. Yes, it's a treasure. And it meets all the problems of fallen man, humanity. For the blues, read Psalm 27. I'm just going to read a few of these because I know this can get bland, but it's true. For the blues, read Psalm 27, 1 to 4. For an empty purse, read Psalms 37, especially verse 7. If you're discouraged about work, read Psalms 128, the whole thing, but especially verse 2. If, if people seem unkind to you, mm-hmm, yes, read... Uh, John 15, especially 12 to 15, verses 12 to 15. If you're losing confidence in people, read 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah, that'll help. If you cannot have your own way, oh, excuse me, read James 3, especially the last half. If you're out of sorts, read Hebrews 12. I could go on and bore you a little bit more. I mean, longer, but I'm just saying, look, every day matters and situations the answer is in the book not human theology it's divine theology 
It's from God. You know, you want assurance of salvation. You need assurance of salvation. You get it in the Bible, Romans 8, 1 to 30. And, of course, 1 John 5, 13. And it's such a tremendous blessing. Yes. Does it meet our everyday needs? It sure does. I read one time. It says in Job 23, 12, Neither have I gone back from thy commandments of thy lips. I have esteemed thy words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. And it said then, it sounds kind of close like the challenge said, No Bible, no breakfast. I think it's true. Now, I, would, I didn't always live by that, I assure you, because when I get milk at X time in the morning, sometimes you come in, you're hungry for breakfast, and you didn't get your good dose of Bible ahead of time. Now that you didn't think about the Lord, but I think in general that's great. In fact, if you're struggling with it, make sure you don't eat breakfast till you fed your spiritual soul. Make sure you get a good dose, uh, at least a nice little dose before breakfast. If you live that way, you know what? We'd be, we'd be a lot better off spiritually. Then it says also, consider a few of the benefits of the quality time with the world, with the word. It'll make you a strong Christian. 1 John 2, 14. It will assure you of your salvation. 1 John 5, 13. It will give you confidence and power in prayer. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. It will cleanse you from sin. John 15, 3 and Psalms 1, uh, 19, 9. We already looked at that. It'll give you joy. You discouraged and down. You're looking around, running up. See, the Bible gets you looking up. That's what we like. It'll give you joy. John, uh, yeah, St. John 15, 11. It'll produce peace in your life. John 16, 33. It will guide you in making important decisions in your life. Where? Of course, 1 Psalm 19, 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. Like I say, you can start the journey, but we'll never end it right without knowing the word of God. We'll never end it right. You know, we want to go to heaven. People, constantly Christians say that, but they can let the book sit on the shelf for days, for days, saying, you know what? I don't need the map. I'm going to travel this road by myself. Well, how, how sad. Yes. It will enable you to articulate your faith, 1 Peter 3, 15. It will guarantee you spiritual success. Joshua 1, 8, and Psalms 1, 1 to 3. What a tremendous answer book we have in our hands. Answer to all of our problems that we have, and we sure have plenty. And I tell you, it's amazing what all we can have. It's been said before that either the Bible will keep you away from sin or sin will keep you away from the Bible. Is there some truth to that? I think so. I, I, you know, I am glad the more you read the Bible, the more we truly get a hatred and a distaste for sin. If you're struggling with that, read the book. Read the book. And then we don't ever want to be lukewarm See, we would say neglecting to read the Bible. Well, I'm just having a little struggle, a little spell. And, I'm, and I realize that can happen. But what happens after the little spell? Okay. Let's get out of the little spell and get into the Word of God. That's what really pray, makes a difference in our lives. I read one time, not too long ago, that 34% of Americans 
never read the Bible. Never read the Bible. Another 11% read it less than once a year. <laughs> less than, I don't know how they figured that one up. Less than once a year. And, and I thought, wow, that, that's terrible. That's, that's terrible thinking that people be that way. And yet, I read the book, Into Their Hands at Any Cost by Harvey Yoder. Have you read that book? You should read that book, okay? After you read your Bible, you should read that book. And you can get off that Google machine and read something important. And good because if I if I remember correctly, and if I didn't, excuse me, but I tried, because when I read it, what I remember of it is that they would take the Bible in, they would risk their lives to take the Bible into communist Romania and Russia and Eastern Europe, which has changed now. But back then, they would they would risk their lives to take the Word of God into communist countries. But more than the people that took it in risked their lives. Then when they get, would get a Bible, they loved their Bible. They considered it precious. And it showed in the way they treated it. Okay, they would, they would divide it up in sections. Like they'd get a New Testament, and you would get a chapter, and you would get a chapter, and you would get a chapter. And you know what? At nighttime, in the candle in the attic, I'm not sure it always described that way, but it seemed that way, they would rewrite that chapter. Because they get caught, it could easily be in their life. At the least, it'd be imprisonment. It could be in their life. They would write it off in the nighttime in dingy places so they wouldn't be seen. So that the next Sunday, when they worshiped in hiding, they could pass on the copy to somebody else. And guess what? They still had a copy at home. I think they loved the word. I believe they loved the word. Friends, if that doesn't speak to you, you ought to read that book. You, we have, we and I read one time that in America, every man, woman, and child has what? It was four or five Bibles. Four or five Bibles? Are we ever blessed? I think I have more than that myself. To be honest with you, are we ever blessed? Well, the blessing in the possession is whether you love the Word of God and you're willing to show it and live by it. That, what a tremendous blessing we have. Another shocking stat that I read about Americans, that over half of the American adults cannot name the four Gospels. Like, wow, it's terrible. Yeah. One man, <clears throat> no man can, be, can claim to be truly wise or educated without knowing the Bible. Actually, we're just simpletons without the Bible. One time I read a young man, uh, theologian, a theological student, come to Spurgeon to tell him verses that he could not understand. And then he was really worried about it because he couldn't understand it. And then that uh, English preacher told him, young man, allow me to give you a little bit of advice. You must not expect, you must expect God to know some things that you don't know and you don't understand. So don't let, I get, I've, I get around some people and they act like, I don't understand it. You know, I just don't understand that. Well, do everything you know to do, okay? And that'll get you well down the road to obedience and joy. It will, it will. It, just do what you know to do. That's obedience. You know, 
If you try to figure out everything that you don't know, you just make a mess of yourself and everybody around you. And we don't need to be that way. No wonder says we're commanded to study thyself, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. Now, you, I, probably most of you love to study. <clears throat> a few of us don't. But I have found out that even though you're not like some of this teacher-oriented people around here, you can love the study in the Word. Amen? I mean, that I tell you now, that's the only thing that thrills me is being able, you know, a day would just not be right without getting into the Word of God. Just like physically, a day is kind of drowthy if I don't eat any food. Now, I've fasted a few times, and it's, and you know, it's like survival. You know, you're just, you can't wait to that, I won't go, you just can't wait to eat some food. And uh, how is it? You, you wake up in the morning and you just have a craving for the word. Why not? Physically you do. My wife don't have to beg me to come to the breakfast table. And I don't think, I know that God, Jesus for his people, it would be natural to say, Lord, you know, I need to be inspired today. I need a sense of direction. We have plenty of struggles and challenges. Yes, we do. And they're answered in the book. What a just, oh, wow. What a tremendous privilege. Rightly dividing the words of truth. The only way you can do that is know the book from cover to cover. I have noticed, and I am far from where I should be, but the scripture becomes more invigorating and well understood when you, when you read a passage say, oh, that relates to this passage. Now I understand this passage because if I connect these two, it brings connection. This works. You know, now this works, you know. And so rightly divert, to rightly divide the word of truth means you've got to be into the truth, reading the word of truth, and doing it. Yes, it is the only book that's a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. No wonder it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. No Christian would ever want to sin against Jesus. Nobody, you know, that, that's just like that just was form. We love Jesus. He's done everything for us. The only way you will know what is sin is to read the Bible. The only way. And it's anything that's displeasing to the will of God. And he leads you and tells you. Sometimes he didn't just black and white in the book. But you know that this is not good. This doesn't help me up spiritually. In fact, this is leading me down the wrong path. That is sin. That is sin. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, praise the Lord. He lets us know the right path and he lets us know the wrong path. Now that's a loving Jesus. And how do you know what it is? Read the Bible. It's just a tremendous blessing. It's been said... The, de the degree of our spiritual vigor will be in direct proportion to the time we spend in God's word. Like that, it's yea and amen. If you're struggling, 
get into the Word of God, and just love it, feast on it, and you will be tremendously blessed. <clears throat> See, it's a love and passion for Jesus. I'd like to read a, um, a few verses, and I hope this is the way your heart ticks. I'd like to read Psalms 129, no, excuse me, 119, verse 129 to 136. And I hope you can say, this is me. And if it doesn't quite that way, just say, Lord, this is the way I want to be. Help me be this way. Psalm 119, starting 129. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. Now that's a real good start on the paths of righteousness. Thy Word is wonderful. And it sure is. And I've gave us a lot of reasons to know that. The entrance of thy word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. And it's very true because it tells us what is right and wrong. I open my mouth and panted. I long for thy commandments. Look upon me and be merciful to me as your custom is toward those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word. And let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face to shine upon your servant. Teach me your statutes. Rivers run down my eyes because men do not keep thy law. This is one that loves the word, that wakes up wanting to do the will of God, and they're wanting to read it again, and they're saying, Lord, I, I want to maintain that close fellowship with you, and I know it comes from the Word of God. I am just so blessed to have, we are so blessed to have the Word of God. Jesus said, Man liveth not by bread alone, but by every word in his word. Every word. You're going to, if you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to love the Word because you love the author. And you know what it can do for you. So after closing song, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say what your devotional life means to you. What you've been inspired recently. Now we've got plenty of time. I know you, we don't need to stop at one or two. Because really friends, when we're in the word of God and we love that relationship, this is a good place to practice having a testimony time. Test what the Lord has done for you. What are you saying to you? So shall we have a closing song, and then I'll give you time to give your testimony. Let's have a song.